The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Expectations, reality, and opportunity. We'll decode that. Welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Glad you're here. Busy hour. We're going to get right to it. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Beck, Chief Growth Officer, Pinch Hitton for Despano, who's on the road. Hey, Mark. Hey. And we got Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun, Brian. I spend a little bit of time with you chatting about what's been happening in the investment markets. I think that's where we will just kick it off right away. This past week, a bit of a level set in terms of expectations between investors and what the Fed has been trying to tell them for a while. <laughs> Feels like this week they kind of opened up their eyes and said, oh, they're serious about this. That's right. Yeah, that was really the message that came out. And I think what really triggered it was the consumer price index data that came out for January. Now, January data is always a little rough to interpret because you have all sorts of swings in the weather that can affect spending, price numbers, things like that. And then there's also certain changes that like the Bureau of Labor Statistics makes as far as how they smooth out the data. Uh, in order to compare data in January to July, they like to do seasonal adjustments, but they don't adjust for the weather. And January was an incredibly cold month, especially compared to December. So we had data on retail sales and then the consumer price index, and both of which were probably distorted by those swings in the temperature. But the market seemed to finally wake up and actually is beginning to see eye to eye with the Fed as far as what the path ahead is for rate cuts, meaning maybe it's going to be June, July for the first cut, and instead of six, maybe something closer to three. Sure, because there was a period there where it seemed like the market was a little bit too optimistic, thinking that the Fed was on the doorstep of yeah. cutting rates. The trajectory sort of went like this. Inflation seems like it's coming down rapidly to the mm -hmm. 2% target that the Fed has stated. And if that's happening, the Fed will want to reaccelerate the economy. How would we do that? We would reverse course on interest rates. They would start to cut interest rates and sort of seeing that into the future, thinking, gosh, that might be my March or so. Well, you know, the Fed has been fairly consistent in not painting that rosy of a picture in terms of the deceleration of inflation. And that data point seemed to indicate that they're more likely right than the mm -hmm. market's expectations were. I think a big question is, is whether or not that inflation number sort of resets the clock for the Fed in terms of how much confidence do they need in order to cut rates. And when Chair Powell was delivering his press conference after the most recent meeting, he said, we're confident, but we're not confident enough. And I find that a little troubling because this whole impressionistic, I'll know it when I see it approach to being like, oh, now we can start cutting or now we need to start hiking or whatever it is. I don't find a lot of comfort in that. But that is the path that the Fed is on. And they have consistently come out and said, no, we need a little bit more data. So if we get one bad inflation print, does that mean they have to now go three more months or six more months? Because we already had 
about six months of decent inflation data coming into that most recent CPI number. Most likely, Austin Goolsby from the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, he said for him, this one bad data print isn't that big of a deal. He said, I'm actually expecting that we're going to get another bad data print just because that's the nature of the data. It's all over the place. He's like, but it's not going to undermine his confidence that they will be at a point, probably middle of the year, where they can start cutting rates. And I think a key thing for investors to consider is that it's not like in the past where they feel like they're going to be cutting rates because they have to in order to re-stimulate the economy, it's because they can, because the economy is doing okay and inflation is moving low enough that they can kind of take the foot off the brake a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. That's the soft landing. That's essentially that definition of that, which they're trying to accomplish. And if you think about it, if you were trying to land a plane, you wouldn't just slow down abruptly and wait until it's slammed into the ground. <laughs> As you're coming down, you would find that sort of sweet spot between acceleration and deceleration. And that's kind of what you're alluding to. Now, I do think it's a little bit interesting. You know, we talk about markets being forward looking. Uh, as investors, we tend to be longer term mm-hmm. forward looking macro thesis and trajectory. But the market reacted, at least on one day, pretty significantly. Well, okay, you have to remember the difference between short-term traders looking for that opportunity to see the market move pretty dramatically, as opposed to the difference between us as longer-term investors. That's true. Yeah, the market does seem to be rather what we would call myopic, very nearsighted as far as just looking out what's going to happen at the next data release, the next FOMC meeting. But we do need to look out over that longer term. Now, let's kind of zoom out maybe 12 months as far as what is the market pricing in. And that's not even that long term for long term investors, right? But if you kind of think about 12 months, what is the market pricing in for earnings growth for S&P 500 companies? That has moved from what we thought was kind of optimistic 11% growth to something a little bit more what we believe is realistic, closer to 9%. I'd actually like to see that come down a little bit more, maybe 7 to 8%, but it's at least heading in the right direction. So some of the maybe over-optimism, over-enthusiasm about the soft landing has been kind of priced out of the market to an extent, but we are still seeing plenty of great opportunities, but you do need to dig for them for that longer term growth. I mean, just to highlight a few of them, you know, uh, this past week when we were talking on the investment committee, finding opportunities and say like energy, just a lot of these companies are great cash cows, maybe small mid cap companies that have been really overlooked because everybody has been too focused on like the Magnificent Seven and these mega cap tech stocks, or even outside of the United States, Europe. Uh, They actually went through a recession last year. Valuations there seem fairly attractive. So taking that longer view, it it can be tough to do, especially with this 24-hour news cycle that we're in. Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Mark Beck is our Chief Growth Officer. We've got those guys for the rest of the show. That's our Week in Review, always available on demand at the top of the hour, wherever you get your podcasts, also in the Axiom newsletter. Still to come, what is and what isn't financial planning. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, February 18th. Thanks for listening. We are going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch every day. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. 
Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back on the air, on the stream, on the podcast, no matter how, we are glad you are with us. Sign up for the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter. I get so much in my inbox. Some stuff I love, some stuff I don't. We think you're gonna like that. That's the Axiom, don't have to be a client. Social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube with over 1,500 videos. You can get this show on demand at the top of the hour on Spotify and brand new on AnnexWealth.com. Annex Resources and Research, we call it Annex R&R, fantastic and free library of research and resources. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson in the studio. Mark Beck is our Chief Growth Officer. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Hey, Brian, before we went to break, we started talking a little bit about sort of a level set of growth expectations and earnings expectations, you know, kind of coming down to a little bit more realistic level. And not just in like certain areas, but maybe even from some of the kind of bellwether Mm -hmm. companies that are really good indicators of, you know, how the consumer is behaving and just real broad indication of the economy. So from that perspective, when we think about that, how does that make you feel about where we are at this point in terms of valuations broadly in the market? Sure. I, I think things are getting better. There's been a lot of concern about elevated valuations, but honestly, most of the elevated valuations are coming from a small but fairly large pocket as far as the number, small in terms of the number of names, but large in terms of the market capitalization, the influence that these have on the indices, where people seem to be expecting that trees can grow to the sky for certain companies. But when you look at the smaller and maybe mid-cap companies, valuations, so market multiples, whether it's price to earnings or dividend yields, price to cash flow, looks a lot more attractive and closer to historical norms. I would say that the retail sales data that we got should give people a little bit of pause about what the growth outlook for 2024 and 2025 will be. A lot of it has been driven by consumer spending. We don't think that consumer spending is going to go in reverse, but it's probably not going to advance at just the rapid pace that we saw in 2023. So the heavy lifting for growth might need to come from business spending and even from international markets. I'll be personally happy if the consumer spending at my household slows down a little bit, for example. But, you know, I wanted to ask you about that also in terms of, so, you know, we came out of that correction that occurred in the third quarter of last year with a really significant market recovery into the fourth quarter. We've moved higher so far here in 2024. And and that's the reason I ask about valuations. But it's really interesting that in other areas, we've actually seen the economic recession and a really big divergence in certain asset classes. Mm -hmm. So, that the rising tide really hasn't lifted all boats. That's right. A lot of people are really aware of what has been happening in China. They still have about 5% growth, which is great, but they need something a little bit faster than that. Uh, But then you have areas like Japan and the United Kingdom. They actually had legitimate recessions, two quarters in a row of a decline in gross domestic product to end 2023. But yet, if you look at what happened in Japan, their equity market hit 
new highs, highs that they haven't seen in like 35 years. So uh, they've been in basically like a bear market for many decades. So even though they had a recession during that period of time, the market did quite well because one of the maxims in investing is that the market is not the economy. You can have markets doing really well if the companies are profitable and investors are willing to pay up for that profitability. And it's hard for some people to get their minds around. So it's important to think about that. What are the macro trends, but what do we really see happening from an investment standpoint to marry those together? As Mark Beck, he is our chief growth officer. Dr. Brian Jacobson is our chief economist. We'd love to meet you where you're at. Maybe Annex Comprehensive Wealth, Annex Private Client. If you have complex needs with high net worth or Annex Ignite, a great place to start. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. That's what we do, but we don't feel the job is done without those core tasks being complete. You might be doing some of those things, but if you're only doing a couple, is that really a plan? Up next, what is and what isn't financial planning. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Need to reach Annex Wealth Management, but want to skip the computer? That's no problem at all. Give us a call. We're at 239-350-6363. That's 239-350-6363. Let's talk soon. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Mark Beck is our Chief Growth Officer. Welcome back. Thank you. Part of the process working with Annex is that complimentary portfolio review. And we do insurance analysis for our clients. Tax planning is part of our service to our clients. Estate planning is also part. But Mark, none of those things is financial planning. Why not? Well, because they're components of financial planning. I think that's important because many people think about the financial plan as just the projection around how much money do I have now? What will I live on? And will I have money that outlives me? But part of the planning process is really to incorporate all of those tax efficiency, estate strategy behind that as well. And of course, you mentioned investments. Incorporating all of that into the investment plan is important. Wrap it all up together, that's comprehensive wealth planning or financial planning. Let's dig down into each of these categories and find out how it's part of the larger picture for our clients, but it's not the whole thing. Mark, how about investment planning? Yeah, a lot of people lead with investment planning, and traditionally you would sell investment products. People would just buy the product, basically, but investment planning is bigger than that. Am I saving efficiently and in the right spots? Do I have an investment strategy that fits together with my liquidity needs and also within my risk tolerance? And then how am I implementing that in an efficient manner, so keeping costs low? Insurance planning, that's part of a financial plan. What's its contribution? Well, insurance planning, the contribution there is is safety and security. So thinking about what are the financial risks and how do we want to cover those risks, which is a different approach than thinking about how much insurance can I sell. It's what risks do you need and what would you want to accomplish if something were to happen? And any one of those components is across the spectrum. Life insurance is what we think of naturally, but also things like disability insurance. Are you properly covering yourself for liability, for example? And then again, how do we do that efficiently? None of us wants to spend more on insurance than we need to, but we also don't want to be left with risks that we haven't covered. We're talking with Mark Beck, Chief Growth Officer at Annex Wealth Management. 
A financial plan only as good as the sum of its parts. Unbalanced, it's unproductive. How about tax planning? Tax planning is different than just filling out the tax form, submitting your tax payment, or potentially getting a refund if you're one of those folks. But that's what people think about when you think about tax planning. But really, it's about understanding where you are now, what's coming up in the near term, where you're headed in the long term, and a strategy that helps you be as efficient as possible across all of those spectrums. So proactive is what tax planning is about. And then let's talk a little bit about estate planning. Similar to tax planning, looking out into the future. The last thing you want to do, Danny, is when your time is there to leave a mess, essentially, right? So organized, strategic in nature, meet your needs and expectations and your goals overall, and put your loved ones in a position where it's not adding stress on an already difficult emotional time period. And then the nitty-gritty, the retirement planning, and that's where it really kind of starts to come together. Yes, yeah, so you bring it all back together to financial planning. Retirement planning and financial planning to a lot of people, synonymous. The retirement plan, do I have enough money? What's my lifestyle going to look like? Will I be able to be financially secure all the way through my elderly years? And talking about all of those components that we just went through are all keys to getting there. They all have to work together. That is what makes an actual financial plan. Without the parts working together, you might not have a plan. Yeah, you probably don't. Most people, I would say, do not have a plan. And if they do have some sort of a plan, they are not covering the comprehensive basis. And let's talk real quickly about the three lines that Annex Wealth Management offers. Annex Ignite is something where people are just starting out. That's really a place, maybe fresh out of college, maybe in your late 20s, early 30s. You want to get pointed in the right direction. Yeah, guideposts, you know, directionally, good decision making, build the foundation. And then Annex Comprehensive Wealth is really probably our biggest basket, I would think. Am I almost there yet towards retirement? Am I going to be able to achieve that? What's my lifestyle going to look like? And then the things we talked about with tax and estate efficiency and bring that all together with an investment portfolio that supports my lifestyle needs. And then a little bit about Annex Private Client. Private Client is where the financial situation has gotten more complex where we're dealing with much more sophisticated tax, estate, investment strategy, and they meld themselves together with the high net worth families that we work with. Mark Beck is our Chief Growth Officer. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. It was bound to happen. Over your career, investments came along for the ride. The first 401k, brokerage account, profit sharing, stock options, pension, another 401k, an insurance policy, an annuity. You get the picture. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've seen, reviewed, dissected, discussed, and analyzed thousands of them. Some portfolios are like well-tended gardens and reflect diligence, patience, fortitude, and optimism. Others tell the story of being sold commission products that might not have been the best choice, maybe for the salesperson, but not for the investor. When the financial planning team at Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions based on what's important, the retirement you desire. That's where the good stuff happens. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. As a fee-only fiduciary, that's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. That's AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You know, working in the medical field is a noble profession. It is not easy. It takes years of toil and grueling hours, but it's a calling. And with it comes well-earned and healthy compensation. But while building a career in the profession, it's easy to forget good, solid financial planning principles, if there's even a plan at all. 
That's what we're going to talk about with Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Eric. Hello, Danny. Medical professionals have unique financial planning needs. They've got options for sure, but I guess figuring out what is right and what might work best for them is a bit of a mystery? A little bit, because people who work in the healthcare industry have unique options available to them. For example, for employees, a lot of times there are retirement plan options beyond the typical 401k you would see at a private company. Many healthcare workers might have access to 403b plans or 457 plans or health savings accounts, sometimes even pension style plans like a money purchase plan or cash balance plan. So I just listed a lot of different possible retirement plans, but just understand if you you're working in that setting, there may be unique options. You want to understand them and make sure you're leveraging them. Executives may have additional options even beyond that. And then finally, many physicians are actually business owners. They might have partnerships. They might have sole proprietorship. So when you're a business owner, you have the world at your fingertips with many different tax strategies and retirement plan strategies available. So all that to say, there's many options. You want to understand what is available to you and how to best leverage those. And again, they're busy doing their practice. They're busy doing medicine. So they've got to think about this on the side. Well, that's why we believe in financial planners, right? Because we specialize in this. Proper financial and retirement planning isn't complete without a efficient tax planning. How can higher income earners and higher net worth households in the medical field utilize advanced tax planning strategies? Again, it's what we do for our clients. For starters, if you are an employee, you absolutely want to understand and leverage all of those employee benefits that we just talked about a moment ago. There are also certain advanced strategies with IRAs that can be done for those higher income earners. And then again, for those business owners, there's entity selection, there's advanced retirement plan selection that may go way beyond just a typical 401k. You want to understand those tax strategies that might be important to you, especially if you're still in that you know wealth building mode, there are things you can really do that might make a huge impact over time. Eric Strom is financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about financial and retirement planning for medical professionals. And after many, many years in school, healthcare professionals have student debt that can affect cash flow credit score, ability to save and invest. They need to get at managing their student debt as well. Yeah. Many healthcare workers may have student debt. So you want to evaluate what are your repayment options? There are different plans out there. There's income-driven repayment plans. You want to understand if there are forgiveness programs or any types of plans that are available to you with that. But beyond that, in general, you want to prioritize high interest rate debt. The way I think about that is really 6%. If you are paying interest higher than 6%, that would be in general kind of considered a little bit of a higher rate. And also though, think about lifestyle creep and taking Mm. on new debt because many people who are in the healthcare industry, you know, you sometimes can have that lifestyle creep where you start to buy a little bit more expensive cars, more expensive stuff for the house. And then uh, you oftentimes see especially rapid increases in lifestyle, you really want to balance that with a little bit of discipline so that your finances can stay very healthy over time. I think the official medical term is doc-itis, right? Right. Well, and you know what, Danny, it's not always their fault because doctors and other healthcare workers are actually targeted by marketing. They are aggressively targeted by financial products, lifestyle products. So, you know, you've got that headwind to face. 
protecting themselves financially is extremely important. And that opens the door to a host of insurance products and coverage. Kind of, we're getting at that a little bit. Where do they start to put what's needed in place? Is there a hierarchy? Yes. You know, we're a fee-only financial planning firm. So, of course, we don't sell any of these insurance products. However, we frequently recommend them because, especially for healthcare workers, you do want to obtain that if you have specialty-specific insurance needs or liability coverage that you really have to have, of course, you must get that. Now, Disability insurance is very common, especially if it's specific to your occupation. Let's say you're a surgeon, um, you may get special disability insurance specifically for surgeons. That's important. Now, there is oftentimes more expensive life insurance that will be marketed to healthcare workers. You know, be a little bit careful with that because most doctors and healthcare workers, term life insurance, which is much more affordable, is typically sufficient. So look out for that. But having the right disability, life insurance, liability insurance, and on beyond that is very important and really actually is fundamental and should be handled before you even think about investing. Medical profession is one that comes with a lot of responsibility, is to have a solid plan for financial and retirement planning. Annex can help. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Eric Strom, Financial Planning Manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Market volatility, global issues, inflation still. More than a few headwinds this year. That's probably why Americans feel uncertain about their financial futures. Boomers, not much room for error. Gen X might need more than a 401k. And for millennials, it's time to get real about saving and investing. Talk to Annex Wealth Management. Build security with a partner on your side for unbiased advice. You may need more than investments. That's why Annex delivers tax and estate planning. There's an Annex plan personalized for you. Click the Get Started button at Annex Wealth. We're back and it's time for Ask Annex in the studio. Matt Morsey, investment team manager, also a CFP. Hey. Hey, Danny. And we got Fred Coleman, a CFP and a wealth manager. Hello. Hello, Danny. All right. First on Ask Annex, big question here. I am 60 years old and retired. I've got about $800,000 in traditional IRAs and about $700,000 in brokerage accounts. Should I start drawing on my IRAs now or should I leave it to grow and draw from my after-tax brokerage accounts? I have a pension, so my marginal federal tax rate for the IRA withdrawal is 22%. Common sense thing seems to be leave the money in there as long as possible, but will I get hit with a tax bomb in 15 years when RMDs start? Great question. Uh, you have a lot of moving parts, and this is an ideal situation for some distribution planning. The goal of creating a distribution plan is to withdraw funds as tax efficiently as possible. So we need to take a few things into consideration. The first thing is your pension. The thing that you didn't mention in here is that at some point, Social Security will come into play. Although that you're in a 22% tax bracket now, this is likely the lowest tax bracket that you'll be in. So what I would encourage you to do is to start looking at some Roth conversions. Mm -hmm. You have about 15 years of tax flexibility before you're forced to take required minimum distributions. If you do Roth conversions, that money can still grow. You're getting taxes out the way at probably the lowest tax rate you'll ever be at. This will help create that tax-free bucket, and then you'll also still have that brokerage account there for flexibility and any supplemental withdrawals that you may need. Next up, what is your opinion of fund of funds? Matt, I guess that's yours, and can you explain a fund of funds? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Danny. You know, a fund of fund is essentially where you have like an allocation fund, such as like a target date fund, which is probably the most well-known one, where let's say you plan on retiring in 25 years, you have an allocation built within that fund of other funds that create that. Instead of like a bond fund or a stock fund, where the stock funds are going to have a whole bunch of different stocks in it, like Apple, Microsoft, Google, and all those kind of things, a fund of fund has other funds. So it might have a large 
large cap fund, a small cap fund, an international fund, a bond fund, all of those pieces put together to make up that fund. So fund of funds. Probably the most common ones, like I said, are target date funds where they're gonna shift over time for you on your behalf. So if you have a retirement goal of 25 years, you pick one that lines up from a year perspective to that, they're very common in 401k plans. And then as you get closer, the manager of that fund is automatically making you more conservative on what they call a glide path over the course of time. My opinion of them is what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? And that going to be the best way for you. Like I said, in 401k, 403bs, even HSAs or 529s, these are very, very common and they fill a great need in those areas. Generally, it's people who are not investment professionals but are saving in that way. They don't have access to advice to be able to create that allocation in order to make sure that they're not gonna screw something up. They can use one of those. That's a great way to do that. Here at Annex, we generally don't use them. What we can do is actually create and help people with their 401k, 403b allocation so that they can have something that's more custom or specific to them because the drawback of a fund of funds is everyone who uses it is assumed to be the same. If we're all going to retire in 25 years, we're going to have the exact same allocation. What it doesn't take into account is if I'm more aggressive or more conservative than you guys are, even though we're going to retire at the same spot, or that's the idea, we might want a different allocation there. So there are some drawbacks to it too, but if you don't have access to that advice, or if maybe the, the other investment options are not great within the 401k, that might be a good way to go. For instance, my wife, the plan that she has, I really don't like the investment options that are inside of her 401k. So that's what we use as a fund to fund or a target date fund there, because to me, that's the best allocation that we can get there. What's the farthest out target date fund that you've seen? Oh, I think 2065 or 2070, oh. I think is what I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I'll be 105. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pick that one. All right, Fred, I think this one is for you. What do you think about the Frank Duke method of working through NUA? You got to explain NUA and then who is Frank Duke? I know George Duke, the jazz great, but who's Frank Duke? The only thing I know is Duke basketball. Frank Duke, I don't, <laughs> I don't know Frank Duke either. He became famous for using a method called net unrealized appreciation, uh, and he actually took it a step further. The way that net unrealized appreciation works is it works for those who have company stock within their 401k plan. So if you have company stock within your 401k plan, this question is specifically for you. And also those whose stock has greatly appreciated over time. You could be the owner, employee, or someone who's been working there for many years. And for those who are in a higher tax bracket. So one example is, let's say you're in a 37% tax bracket. Using the NUA method, essentially you could only pay 20% capital gains tax on the company stock rather than paying 37% at the ordinary income level. Frank Duke took it to another level using the 60-day rollover rule to attempt to save even more on taxes. There's a lot of complexities when it comes to this. It depends on your individual situation if this method would work for you or not, but it needs to be executed perfectly and it involves your wealth manager then also making sure they have a CPA on their team. NUA is something that we do a lot of with our Annex executive and Annex private clients. Fred Coleman, CFP Wealth Manager, thanks. Thanks. Matt Moore is the Investment Team Manager. Thank you. Thank you. That's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? You head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. 
It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com. 92.5 Fox News, back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Relationship between Annex and our clients is unique. Our goal is to help them reach the kind of retirement they desire. And we do that through the initial phase, the portfolio review, the meetings to get on the same page, the ongoing communication when it comes to investment, retirement, tax planning, estate planning. It's logical and it's planned. But what happens when the unexpected happens? I can tell you this, we don't wait until the next scheduled meeting, that's for sure. Our teams spring into action. We understand the unexpected is just as real as the expected, probably more so. Joining me, Dan Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Talk about the unexpected. Welcome back, Deanne. Hi, Danny. So when the unexpected hits for women, it can be downright awful. Sure. It's awful for everybody, but it really hits you. We're talking about the three D's here, potentially, and the extremes, death, divorce, and disability that can really lead you to a state of dismay. And so, you know, it's best to be as prepared on the front end of that as possible and to understand who your support people are on the back end. Right or wrong, it's quite often that in a couple situation, the husband takes a bigger role in financial matters. Mm -hmm. Not always, but often they kind of make it their thing to have high financial awareness. When they're not there, all of a sudden things change. A lot of times we do see, and this is generational, a division of financial duties in the household. So you're right, like from an investment point of view, typically in the older generations, it tends to be uh, the male part of it that would take care of the investments and then potentially their female partner would take care of the household budgeting. So that's a typical division of labor. I'm broad brushing. Yeah, no, for sure. But what happens is if you don't have that communication, like in my household, it's reverse. I do the investing investments and my husband takes care of the budgeting. But, you know, I've got to know what he sends automatically from the bank, how to get into that account, what goes when, the timing. And so there has to be clear communication. So if something happens to him, I know what to do to pick it up and go from there. With an unexpected event, women can find themselves headlong into a series of transitions. And we're talking bewildering. Yes. So the first step really can be just gathering the assets, finding out where everything is, understanding what you have really, right? And then there can be so many steps after that, whether it's estate planning, retitling assets, beneficiaries, protection. So it kind of depends on if it's a divorce or death situation where a woman is left on her own versus a disability where she has a disabled husband, where there's different types of planning that need to be done in that aspect then perhaps to protect benefits going forward, either long-term care or disability benefits, while still coexisting as a couple financially. These are situations where unique planning has to step in. And you're talking about things that are maybe a little bit farther down the road, but going back to your search and rescue days, the, you, <laughs> there there needs to be triage. There can be. I mean, you know, obviously, it's best to try to get your arms around things as much as possible on the front end, but that's not always possible. That's why it's called the unexpected. But we do know when things happen, 
it doesn't matter what kind of transition. We go through a grieving and an acceptance process. And if it's a grieving process, like with death, divorce, disability, our receptors don't receive the same, mm -hmm. right? So this is why it's also important to have trusted advisors, trusted friends, people that you can turn to who can help you in that time and be a second set of eyes and ears. So I know that leaving a spouse scrambling is the last thing a spouse would want. That brings us to a workshop that is coming up in the Naples area specifically designed to help out this issue. Yes, a women's guide to preparing for the unexpected tries to do just that. Identify that there are going to be times where eight out of 10 women are going to be in a situation where they have to handle their own expenses. And here's the thing, Danny, seven out of 10 women do not have a relationship with their financial advisor who is their spouses. So they feel alienated at a time Time when they're trying to gather the pieces and go forward. This workshop really, we, we produce something called and we give resources for a grab and go binder. It's really a financial binder where we can begin to gather and see the pieces and put everything together so that in case of an emergency, there are things like the call tree, where things are located, where the electronic assets are. You know, yes, your statements and what you have, but other things as well. Where are titles for the cars? Where are passcodes? All that stuff that we need to know too. And we're 10 days out from this thing. Yes, we are. A Women's Guide to Preparing for the Unexpected is happening on Wednesday, February the 28th at 4 p.m. at the Naples Grand Beach Resort on Seagate Drive. You can register at AnnexWealth.com under the Events tab. It is happening later in the afternoon that day on Wednesday, February 28th at 4 p.m. So it's kind of a happy hour time. So we're going to try to get happy as we gather all our resources together. And, you know, normally February 28th is the last day of the, that month. Not this it's year. It's a leap day. Yeah, yeah, we get a reprieve in February. There you go. And, folks, again, if you find yourself in a situation that requires immediate assistance, reach out via our website AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button or the Ask button. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management, talking about Women's Guide to Preparing for the Unexpected, Wednesday the 28th, 4 o'clock, Naples Grand Beach Resort. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to talk to Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida, next on 92.5 Fox News. Market volatility, global issues. We hear about inflation easing, but it's still a real issue. More than a few headwinds this year. That's probably why Americans like you feel uncertain about their financial future. Just 59% of affluent Americans felt secure last year, and that's down from the year before. Boomers, not much room for error. Gen X might need more than a 401k. And for millennial families with big dreams, it's time to get real about saving and investing. Talk to Annex Wealth Management. Build security with a partner on your side for unbiased advice. Our goal is a plan that prepares you to maintain your desired lifestyle throughout retirement. Investments are a start, but you may need more. That's why Annex delivers tax and estate planning. There's an Annex plan personalized for you. Annex Comprehensive Wealth fits most individuals and families, but if you've got high net worth with complex needs, Annex Private Client is your solution. Just starting out, Annex Ignite is a great choice. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Click the Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5. Fox News, Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. So it's spotted an article titled, Social Security, Nine Things Most Retirees Don't Know About Their Benefits. 
if Social Security is a mystery to you, you're not alone. A recent study about basic Social Security benefits revealed that almost 70% of respondents failed or barely passed. One-third got a D. One-third failed. Let's talk about Social Security and some facts that you might not be aware of. Robert, what is our first Oh, that Social Security is going to disappear. And you know what, Danny, a lot of people ask about it. You know, many clients are, you know, worried that their benefits are going to go away. They may be reduced if the uh, sources of funding are depleted. But in general, highly, highly doubtful it's going to go away. It's payroll deduction. That's a pretty uh, hard thing to stop these days. You're probably going to get some funding, but it could be reduced in the future. Nine things most retirees don't know about Social Security benefits. This is an important one. Social Security is not enough to live off in retirement. For most people, it's not. And we preach to our clients that it's one leg of the stool. Typically, it's about 40% of your working salary, which is not enough for most people to retire, Danny. So get in the 401k, save your own money, and let's just make Social Security one leg on your stool. Here's some good news. Social Security benefits based on your highest 35 years of working. 35 years of, of uh, earnings, that goes by, and, and it is averaged. So if you do have a couple years where, you know, maybe you were sick or you had some surgery and you were off, you will be carried by the 35 years. So don't panic if you're off for six months. Nine things most retirees don't know about Social Security benefits. You'll receive more Social Security benefits if you wait to claim it. We preach that a lot, but maybe not everybody realizes that. We really like to run a couple different what-if scenarios for people because if some people have longevity in their family genes, then, you know, we might hold them off a little bit. But if other people have shorter histories of ending retirement earlier, then we like them to take their money a little bit earlier. So it's all based on multiple things and just run all the different scenarios. The correct decision for you should become obvious. You're listening to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. How about this one? An ex-spouse may receive benefits. Oh, that's true. And a lot of people are, you know, really hate this one. But if you are divorced and you were married 10 years or longer, your ex-spouse can pull benefits from your earnings. And now it doesn't lower your benefits, but they are entitled to maybe a higher benefit based on your earnings. So it just might bug you. Nine things most retirees don't know. <laughs> Nine things most retirees don't know about Social Security benefits. Here's a good one. You get to keep the bigger benefit if your spouse dies. True. If both of you uh, have earned during your careers and your spouse has earned quite a bit more, has a larger benefit, and your spouse passes away, it's basically a step up in benefit. You get the higher of the two benefits ongoing. Here's our next one. Some of your benefits may be withheld. And I guess this would impact people if they're working a little bit or a lot in retirement. You know, it's interesting, Andy, I just had this happen about six months ago to a client. They retired, 62, turned on uh, Social Security, and then got a big job and then went, wait, wait a minute, I don't need this money. And they shut it off. As long as you do it in the first 12 months, uh, you are going to have to pay it back. But as long as you do it in the first 12 months, it's like you never did it, never turned it on. Treat it like a reset. How's that? Yep. And that's the good news. We'll jump to the next one. You may have to pay taxes on Social Security benefits death and taxes, the only two uh, absolute things in this world. 
Danny, many Americans pay taxes on their Social Security benefits. The exact amount you'll need to pay depends on your total income, as outlined on the ssa.gov website. If you're a single filer or individual and have a combined income between $25,000-$34,000, you may have to pay income tax on up to 50% of your benefits. There's a schedule on the ssa.gov website, Danny. We help all of our clients with that. We plan for it, predict it and tell them exactly where they would want to be or not want to be. Social Security is not your whole retirement plan, but it's part of your retirement plan. We'll help you figure it out. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. The Great Boomer Wealth Transfer. How's that work? We'll talk about it next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch every day. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Need to reach Annex Wealth Management but want to skip the computer? That's no problem at all. Give us a call. We're at 239-350-6363. That's 239-350-6363. Let's talk soon. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You probably didn't notice, but one of the greatest transfers of generational wealth is taking place. Who gets credit? Baby boomers. That's right. Where are all those okay boomer jokes right now? Brandon Lehman, among other things, is director of Annex Private Client. Welcome back, Brandon. Danny. One of the greatest transfers of generational wealth is taking place. How much? If you look at it kind of from a whole perspective, there are estimates that it's $53 trillion is currently passing on to the next generation. But another stat, and this stat I heard almost 15 years ago, but I think it really is coming to fruition now, is that there are 10,000 people retiring every day. Oh. It is a substantial amount of people moving assets to the next generation, retiring and just a lot of change. It is a staggering amount, and it's a whole lot more than just signing a couple of pieces of paper. And where we sit, it would involve all of Annex Wealth Management, right? Financial planning, tax planning, estate planning, all that. Takes an entire team to really work through all of these transitions. So when you look at it, there's traditional assets, right? Your IRAs, your 401ks, your brokerage accounts, but then there's assets like real estate, there's cars. When you get to the high net worth side, what you start to see is there's quite a bit of these assets, specifically real estate um, is an area where you need to do some planning. And that's, again, where the Annex teams come in place. When you look at the financial planning team, where do these sit? You take the estate planning team. They're going to look at the financial planning team, said this is what it is. The estate planning team is going to say, okay, how is it titled? And then the two of them are going to get together with this tax team and say, is there a tax liability after death? How do we handle this? Where does this even start? Somebody walks in the door and they've got these assets. They've got these homes. They've got this. Real, they've got all this, and they want to start to plan to hand it down. Do we start with estate planning? No, 
I, the best way that we start with that is we gather all the data. So it gets to be, I don't want to call it necessarily labor intensive, but that first meeting is let's get it all. And for the most part, these folks have a lot of it already in order, whether it's in an Excel spreadsheet or in a PFS, a personal financial statement, it already exists. And our job is to take that data. We extrapolate kind of some of the other things that need to be done on it, like valuations based off of maybe what Zillow or Redfin might say. We're going to put that into our software and then it's going to give us a real idea of where you sit. Now, is it perfect the first time? No, but that's what the multiple meetings mean when you bring in these other teams. So I guess if you say who starts, the financial planning team starts it. From there, it gets passed on to really the wealth strategist and the wealth manager to sit back and say, okay, who do we pull in next? What is the biggest pain point that we see? How do we work through this? Because you don't know when it's going to pass. So I I don't want to be morbid, but you don't know. And unfortunately, we've had a situation where we started the planning and the time of passing happened a lot sooner than we expected. So it's getting on top of it right away, and the sooner the better. Now, the other aspect to this that is incredibly important is laws change all the time. For instance, we were working with one of our high net worth clients. We had had this discussion of their estate plan, and they kept pushing off saying, no, it's fine. We just did it. We just did it. Well, just did it to them was almost eight years ago. We've had a lot of changes in eight years. So it was, please give us the documents. We're going to go through it, and we're going to look at all this and see how to most efficiently work through the current tax laws, because it could change again. Brandon Lehman, director of Annex Private Client. We're talking about the transfer of wealth from boomers to heirs. $53 trillion is one of the figures that we heard. Tax planning squad, they're going to be fully engaged. Oh, yeah. When you look at the tax planning side of it, there's two aspects, right? There's the tax now planning side of it. Okay, so what does it look like now? How are we going to be tax efficient now? But then there's the other side of it. After you pass, obviously there's some things that occur if it's passed on through a trust, right? All of a sudden now you have a step up in basis, depending on the trust. If it's gifted in lifetime, you don't have that step up in basis, but now the assets with the kids, it's outside of your estate. Maybe you've pushed yourself below the estate tax exemption. You've used up some of that exemption, which under current laws is going to change here, projected to change in 2026. So they talk, well, it's a lot of money right now. It doesn't impact most people. Well, it will. It's basically from what we've seen going to potentially be cut in half from almost 25 million to 12. Now, yes, that still sounds like a lot, but when you throw in property, because most people just think they're investments, you start throwing in all the properties, you start throwing in, depending on if it's, especially if it's collector cars, whole different ballgame. I know somebody with a lot of those and he would need a plan for that. Yes. Right. It's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, you know, Brandon, one of the things that we did not mention, but I know we do definitely employ is our ears, right? We're going to be sitting down with the clients because we're not going to say, okay, here's what you're going to do. We're really going to ask, what is it that you want to do? It's all about legacy planning. What do you want your legacy to be and how can we most efficiently and effectively help you achieve that legacy and give as little as possible to Uncle Sam? doesn't necessarily have to be a legacy for your kids. Some people don't want that, but maybe it's a legacy for charity. Maybe it's a legacy for an organization. Our job is to help you coordinate and understand what that legacy should be and then build a plan around it as efficiently and effectively as possible. Are you planning correctly? Is everything sewn up tightly to eliminate those questions and avoid conflicts? Brandon Lehman, Director of Annex Private Client. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Losing sleep lately, the job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. 
We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Thanks for hanging out. Three easy ways to access content from Annex Wealth Management. You can do it on the air. You can do it on the stream. You can do it on the podcast. No matter what, we are glad to be here and providing a great service for you. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson, our chief economist, still in the studio. So is Mark Beck, chief growth officer. Thanks, Danny. Hey, Brian, I thought we should talk a little bit about sort of the intersection of investment strategy, tax strategy, and philanthropy or legacy planning, right? Mm-hmm. So this is one of those areas where it comes together when we start to move into you know, the scenarios where the planning becomes more complex, typically also where the net worth levels have started to get to you know, higher levels. And this can happen, I say, from an investment perspective. If we're doing a really good job, We've got investment positions in the portfolio that have appreciated significantly over time, and nobody loves to pay the taxes on those, right? So we find ourselves in a situation where we've got pent up unrealized gains, and we also have a tax income tax picture, Mm -hmm. but we likely have some philanthropic goals or legacy goals as well. And so we can start to look at that and say, how can we orchestrate these things together? So for example, we maybe don't want one position to become overweight in the portfolio, so we're managing risk, balancing the portfolio appropriately. Also, if it's a position that's significantly appreciated, we might be thinking, gosh, it's a good time to take some gains off the table there. So there are some ways to navigate that without just selling it and paying the gains tax. Yeah, there are, you know, and that's something that we really enjoy sitting down and working through with clients to find out what are their goals, especially as it relates to gifting or to donations. When you have, it's a good problem to have. It really is. Oftentimes, if you have a concentrated position, it's grown to a very large size. I can think of a few examples where somebody bought a stock that did very well, but maybe they bought it back in the late 1990s. And so it's an incredible amount of gains that they have built into that is trying to find an efficient way in order to gift that perhaps to a charity. Now, maybe that's through a donor advised fund. Maybe it's a gift outright of that security to a charity, or maybe it's into a private foundation. So there are all sorts of different options, especially if you have that fill in philanthropic intent. It gets a little bit more challenging if it's going to be, let's say, a gift to a relative, because then there it's a little bit more challenging to get away from the tax man in those cases. Sure. And time is somewhat of the essence with some of these strategies, because we do know that at the end of 2025, the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is set to expire. Maybe it'll get extended, maybe not. But based on the information that we have today, there's really a great planning opportunity, this window of opportunity that we have to make the most of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act while it's still in existence. And sometimes people are a little bit too narrow-minded about this, because you may have accumulated the shares of a particular stock over time and you have different points where you've made those purchases and so therefore you have different cost basis on different lots yes and people look at it and say well geez i've got a million dollars worth of gain in this particular position and i don't want to pay all those taxes on that but you might look at that and say here are some of those lots that i purchased later that have much lower 
built-in gains. Those are ripe for selling, mm-hmm. right? Take advantage of the higher basis, lower amount of gains, pay the tax on that. But then some of those lots that you first started accumulating that maybe have very low basis, those are the ones that you target and say, okay, these would be great to transfer to my donor advised fund or to my private foundation. And, you know, So you can really dissect that a little bit more deeply, I think. Now, you mentioned a little bit about family members. You know, there is a little bit of an opportunity to chisel around those in terms of like maybe to the kids while they're still, you know, either in a really low income tax bracket, taking advantage potentially of the zero capital gains tax rate. So, you know, they're just starting their careers or something like that. So you can think about broadly kind of the tax situation for the family as a whole. So it doesn't have to be just charity as our tool to address this. I think that's a great perspective to take is what's the objective, right? And then also oftentimes what we're talking about also who's the client, right? Is it really to minimize the taxes of that individual or is it for the entire family? And I think that's a really good thing to kind of think about is to broaden that scope Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist, Annex Wealth Management. Mark Beck, Chief Growth Officer. Thanks for jumping on today. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Brian, thank you. Thank you. Folks, we're ready to partner with you and help you reach the retirement you desire. And we'll meet you right where you're at with Annex Comprehensive Wealth, Annex Private Client, Annex Ignite. It's time to put things in the hands of seasoned professionals. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Quick reminder, Women's Guide to Preparing for the Unexpected on the 28th at Naples Grand Beach Resort. Free event. Don't have to be a client. Details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Thanks for listening. See you next Sunday, noon. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.